You're listening to Take a Look with Brooke, Episode 7. We're all walking home. We're not there yet, but we're finding our way back. It's a long run and we've got a long view. But when we fix our eyes on God, we're not going to quit. He is the surest and safest way. So let's take a look at our faith and the way forward. Together, we'll see that it's worth it. I hope by now you're feeling spurred on. You've got some more clarity and a better grasp on your faith. You know what it means. You're not second guessing it anymore. And if you weren't before, you're walking with him now. Your current circumstances, they may not have changed, but you've got a new hope and a perspective that's helping you move forward. I'm proud of you. A few years ago, I was reading Genesis, specifically the life of Abraham. And I know we've already talked about how he is considered the father of the faith, and we've referenced what was recorded in the book of Hebrews. But while I was looking at his encounters with the Lord recorded in Genesis, I noticed a repeated phrase, look up. I first noticed it in the story of Genesis where God says to Abraham, well, Abram, it was his name before God had changed it to Abraham. He said, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are. Look north, south, east, and west. For everything you see, I will give to you and your offspring. Genesis 12, 14 through 15. What a Mufasa moment, right? You are my chosen successor and everything the light touches is yours and will be your children's and your children's children. I like to believe that in that moment, Abraham changed. He lived his life trusting with faith in the promise of his future, not in his present circumstance. He was gifted a perspective that gave him courage and perseverance. A few chapters later, God makes a covenant with Abram. It says the Lord brought him outside and said, look toward the heaven and number the stars if you're able to number them. So shall your offspring be. Genesis 15, 5. Here, God is promising his faithfulness to the generations following Abraham, and he's using his creation as evidence of his power and his truth. To this day, every time I look up at the night sky and I see the expanse and I number the stars, I'm reminded of the covenant God made with Abraham. And I consider myself numbered among the stars. His promise still holds to be true, and we all share the same stars. Sometimes the scripture is so direct. The Bible says one day Abram lifted up his eyes and looked. The Lord appeared to him and in front of him were three men. That day Sarah and Abraham were promised that by that time next year they would have a son even in their old age. His name would be Isaac. Genesis 18.2 Can you just imagine just being in a place where you're minding your own business and then you look up and God is saying, this is my promise to you. Here's what's next. So Isaac is born and years later, God asks Abraham to take his only son and to offer him as a sacrifice. Really quick, the story is a spiritual picture or a foreshadowing of how God would one day offer his only son, Jesus, to the world to be sacrificed. 
It's sometimes difficult to imagine in our modern presuppositions, but just track with me for a minute. God asks Abraham to offer his only son, the one son God gave Abraham in his old age, the one he's been waiting for for years. He's asking Abraham to give him back to God. So they travel, and on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes, and he saw the place where Isaac would be offered. Genesis 22.4 Abraham builds the altar, but the Bible says he believes with all faith that he and his son will return. 22.5 He still believes that regardless of what God asks of him, God is a good God. And he knows that the Lord will come through. Isaac learns that he is the sacrifice. But get this, he is assured by his father that God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. Genesis 22, 8. How beautiful is it that a parent's faith translates and is spoken over his son. The faith of Abraham. So Abraham follows through. He builds the altar. Isaac is bound and laid on top of the wood. And before he is about to sacrifice his only son, God calls out from the heavens. Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold him was a ram. The Lord provided. The Lord provided a way. And as I was reading these stories, I was caught up in this repeated language of look up, lift your eyes, look up and see the land, look up and see the stars, look up and see your deliverance. I came to find that every time the words look up or any of the alike, God's presence was there. His faithfulness was shown in a promise or a fulfillment of his goodness. And I just think that is so incredible. How many times do we find ourselves feeling defeated or downcast or ashamed? The times we question why, the times we wonder what we're doing and we look down and we look away or we hide or we look to other things. And I can't help but think how much more could we have or gain if we would just look to him, the author and perfecter of our faith. If we would but look up, we would see our king sitting at the right hand of God the Father in victory over the cross, having defeated death, sin, and the grave, crowned and promising eternity. That changes our perspective. So after I made this revelation in Abraham, I started to collect a list of moments in the Bible where people looked up. I wanted to see what would happen and how he would show up. And maybe someday I'll turn it into a book. But here's a few more examples from Genesis just for today. And I'm going to run through them quickly and sequentially because I want to paint a picture of what these moments meant for those who were faithful and those who experienced them. In the second chapter of Genesis is the story of Adam and Eve and the garden. Adam was made first, but God knew he wasn't meant to be alone. So he created woman, Eve, and she was worth waiting for. So Adam is asleep, and after having a rib taken out of him, he's woken up. And I don't know what it was like, but I imagine him on the ground and maybe rolling over and coming out of this kind of divine anesthesia. And he looks up, and there she is, walking in the garden toward him. Their eyes had to have met for the first time. Is this a dream? No, it's real. And God knew the future that would unfold. Here, God created marriage. 
And I think about modern marriage, the bride entering the ceremony and looking up to the front of the crowd at her future husband. There is so much hope in that promise. In Genesis 9, it's the story of Noah, a man who believed God and prepared for a flood that God would use to restore the goodness of the creation. And when the flood came and had subsided, God placed a rainbow in the sky as a sign of his judgment and mercy. The rainbow is God's promise to never flood the earth again. Now, every time we look up and we see a rainbow, we get to remember God is with us and we are reminded of his promise that still holds true today, that he is faithful to protect and deliver his people. He is the rightful judge whose mercies are an ending and new every morning. Next is the story of Abraham, and we've already spent a lot of time on him, so let's jump to his son Isaac. In Genesis 24, this one needs a little bit of background because maybe you aren't as familiar with it, but Abraham's servant is instructed to find a wife for his son Isaac. He travels and arrives to a city called Nahor. It was in Mesopotamia. He stays outside of the city by a well of water. The servant prays, Lord, let the young woman to whom I say, may I have some water, please? And that she responds, I'll water your camels too. May she be the one you've chosen for Isaac. Before he even finished speaking, he comes out of prayer and it happened just as the prayer and God intended. A beautiful woman, Rebecca, arrives on the scene. She gives him something to drink and offers to water his camels too. And so she's the one and she travels with him back to the house of Abraham. Now we get to the look up part. Isaac is out in the field. He lifted up his eyes and he saw there were camels coming. And Rebecca lifted up her eyes and saw Isaac. And she asks, who is that out in the field coming to meet us? And the servant replies, that's your future husband. This feels like a movie to me. I have this dreamy vision in my mind of this handsome guy out in a wheat field with one of those flowy linen creamy shirts on. And he's standing strong and romantic and dark hair and just his shirt blowing in the wind. And there's just this moment that they're both looking at each other and it's like, she's my wife and he's my new husband. And um, anyway, I, I know it's kind of silly, but there are so many more examples. But for the purpose of our of what we're looking at today, I think this is enough to illustrate that the people of faith look up to see what God will do. They're expectant. They watch and see how he will move. He shows his promises. He delivers his people. He brings aid. He builds relationships. He really does make himself known. It's in creation itself. I want to be a person who looks up. I want to be a person who helps others look up. And I want to be a person who helps you look to Jesus. Now, I have one final example. And it's actually of someone who didn't look up. This is a story about a man named Lot and his family. And specifically, it's about his wife. In Genesis 19, we learn about two cities named Sodom and Gomorrah. And they were known for their wickedness and their evil sin. And because they were so wicked, God is going to destroy those two cities. Lot and his family are considered righteous, so in his grace, God will spare them. Angels warn them to flee for their lives. Don't look back and don't stop. Flee to the mountains. So they must leave quickly and they can't look back. 
Lot and his family are fleeing the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. They are running. And while they're running, Lot's wife looks back as the city was being burned. And she's turned into a pillar of salt. When I hear this and when I read this, my heart hurts. Because how different could her story have been or read if she had looked up and forward and towards God's life-giving grace and new freedom that he had waiting for her. Instead, she lingered in what was known and looked back on her past. And then also to think that her life could have ended in any way, but it specifically says she became a pillar of salt. And I would really enjoy doing a deeper study on this specific story because, as you know, we equate um, believers to be salt and light, and it was considered a preservative. And so I'd love to dive deeper into that. But what I do know and what I have learned is that this story is a reminder of that God's grace keeps pointing us to new life and eyes that are have a fixed attention on him. And it would do us good to follow his way and his instruction. There are different words um, in Hebrew for look up, but the one in Hebrews 15.5, the one where Abraham is looking up at the stars, is nabat or habet, and it's habit. It translates as habit. It's a practice. So this week, I want us to all take a moment and look up. Get in the habit of looking up and seeing what God will do. When you are in a struggle, look up and call out to the great helper. When you are comforting a friend who is hurting, lift their gaze and offer hope. When you are in a season and feel like nothing is changing, keep looking up and keep looking for him to show up. Our hope in life is not in our faith, it's in his faithfulness, and that's what changes everything. So while our natural inclination is to be fearful, to doubt, to worry, to wish life wasn't hard, to want to be in more control or be less stressed and less anxious over the future, whatever moment resonates with you, when we're living on what we no longer can see or our mind can understand, faith turns its eyes. It gazes upon and it looks to him. So when we find ourselves feeling lost and in the middle of challenges and when life is really hard and dark and when we're tired and weak and worn out and we're having a no good and very bad day, we can confidently look to him. We can look to his presence. We can look to his promises. We can look to his provision and we can look to his better way of life and we can look to his word. Morning by morning, I wake up to find the power and comfort of God's hand in mine. Season by season, I watch him amazed in awe of the mystery of his perfect ways. All I have need of his hand will provide. He's always been faithful to me. Thanks so much for listening to episode seven. I hope and pray that God would show himself to you and that you would look up and see him and see him working in your life. 
There was a lot of scripture and stories shared today. All of them will be available and listed in the show notes at brookwegan.com. If you have any lookup moments, I would love to hear them, so please let me know. A special thanks to the Grey Havens for their song, Not Home Yet. Thank you again for listening. Let's look up. Let's keep the faith. Onward. <laughs>